0: Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Cool and Gather podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us for Rhythms, a series exploring the essence of Christian life, asking, Who am I becoming? It's about personal formation, shaping our lives with Christian values, moving beyond the mere thoughts about God to practical habits and disciplines that mirror Jesus. These are our rhythms. We pray this message is a blessing. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to 2024. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not sure yet. Hello. Yeah, let's, let's still celebrate. If you don't know me, my name's Rebecca. But yeah, 2024, what a crazy time. We've had Christmas, which can be tense in itself anyway for some people. And then we've had, they've called it a tornado now. It's officially been declared a tornado and... Oh, it's wild, absolutely wild. And it's in these moments that I really think of those stories where Jesus is in the boat with the disciples and it was preached on a few weeks ago and the world around them and the situation they were in was absolute chaos. But Jesus was just having a nap. And Jesus was the one who was able to calm the wind and the waves. But I also like the one where... Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks on water. And then he notices everything around him, and then he starts to sink. While he had his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water, how amazing is that? But then as soon as he started to take in the surroundings that were happening, that were legitimate, he shouldn't have been able to walk on water, but he was, he started to sink. And Jesus was like, don't take your eyes off me. You need to have faith in me. It doesn't discount what was happening around him. But the power of Jesus, the power of God to stabilise him, to be his anchor, to be his grounding, to be his path on that water that shouldn't have been able to be traversed through was in Jesus. And so it is in this time of 2024 when we've had tornadoes and we've had Christmas, and it might have been a great time. I had a great time with my family. I'm very blessed in that way. But you mightn't have. In um, your house, I don't know what it's like. I only lost power for a couple of days, so I actually did pretty well. Um, but there can be a lot of anxiety, there can be a lot of stress, there can be a lot of just life stuff that even the pace of 2023 was pretty crazy. Like, we're, we're here in January the next year already. I don't know what happened to the last 12 months. And it's in these moments that, as a church and collectively, we're just going to stop. We're going to take a moment. We're t- going to take a pause and reflect on, where am I at? Yes, chaos is happening. Yes, It's different, there are stresses, there are emotional stresses, financial stresses, work stresses, family stresses, they are all there. But let's take this precious moment for a sec and reflect, well, what path, what anchor am I gonna set into 2024? Am I I gonna be distracted by all the things around me or am I gonna try and set my eyes on Jesus? who is my hope, who is my truth, who is my anchor, who is the solid path, who is the light on that path that we can walk through this year, not discounting what's happening around us, but giving us a grounding and a foothold to walk through it with God, which is pretty special and amazing. Because in reality, we are all being shaped and formed into who we will be by the end of the year by the decisions we make, the habits we have, the things we listen to, the people we interact with. So in all of that, we're just going to take a moment and say, what are our habits at the moment? What is my rhythm going on at the moment? Am I waking up and just jumping into the news and reading that and then letting my head go this way, that way, and all the other? Or am I waking up, taking a moment, praying, seeking God, and letting him speak into my life before I enter the chaos of the world. What is my life looking like? And in this, it might be a great reflection. It might be, you know what? God and I are tired at the moment. There is celebration. Oh, thank you, God, for what we have done through this year. Or it might be, oh, man, yeah. Life is just kind of crowded in in my space. It's kind of covered the cloud over the bright glory of God in my life and I'm just struggling and really feeling the burden of it. Now, the really important part to this is when we're talking about these things, I don't want us to look at what we have done in the past and point fingers at ourselves and blame ourselves. Oh, you didn't get this right. You didn't do that. You missed a Bible reading that morning and start... I was going to say bashing ourselves, oh yeah, you know, with our words, about what we got wrong. I don't want that to be us. I want it to be a point of reflection of a time where we can sit and go, oh wow, there were some good things. There were some not so good things. There were some terrible things. What can we do now in the future? And I love this picture of a loving parent with the child learning to walk. In no way or form or even concept of a loving parent's mind would they expect the child to be an Olympic runner at the very start. You know what? Most people don't expect their kids to be Olympics, Olympians at all. But they love them, they care for them, they want them to see them walking towards them. So when that child first gets up and takes those first steps, even a small step, is a celebration. It is a joy. Everyone's like, yes, you did it. And if they fall, it's not a shunning. It's not a putting down. It's not a shame piece. It's not a situation where they get put back in the crib and left alone. There is a loving parent that goes, come on, you can do it again. Let's try this again. Come on, we can get back up. We can do this together. And it's that parent and the love and the eyes of the child on that parent to then continue to learn to walk. And even as adults, we stumble and fall. But God says to us as the loving parent, come on, get back up. Let's try this again. Keep walking, keep your eyes on me, keep taking those steps forward. And in this rhythm series, this is something that we're hoping to do. It's not about beating ourselves up, but it's about turning our eyes to Jesus and looking full on his wonderful face so that when we walk through life, we might have his light, his hope, his truth, his love in all our circumstances, in all our situations, whatever they might be. So before we get too far into it, let's pray. Thank you, God, that you are a loving father who cares mightily for his children. Thank you that you seek us out and that you have provided a way that we might have salvation in you and that you are there right beside us, encouraging us each step of the way. May we grow this year more in you. May we seek you out in all circumstances, in all situations Even in the doing the dishes, Lord God, we pray that we realise that you are there with us. Thank you that you are here now. Holy Spirit, I pray, continue to talk to us and open our ears to hear what you are saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm actually really glad that I get to have the privilege of delivering this sermon today because it really was a good check-in for my own soul and I really do appreciate that. There's one verse. There's a, it's more of a topical sermon, so there's a lot of verses that are going to be flying around today, but the main ser, um, service. The main verse I want us to focus in on is Psalm 25 verses four to five. Not only do I hope this is a bit of a prayer for us during this time, but also a prayer for my own life as we go through. It is titled "A Psalm of David." Now this is King David, he knew what it was to live in war, he knew what it was to live in peace, he knew what it was to live in the highs of life but also the lows of life, he knew what it was to be rejected, he knew what it was to be favoured and loved, he had a boss who had such mood swings that he would go from loving David to trying to kill David within a matter of seconds. He had a best friend who was the king's son and they just weren't able to have, do life together. David knew all the plethora of human emotions as we see in the Psalms. And so we come to this verse here. And in verse four to five, it says, Show me your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. Wow. Show me your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. And teach me. For you are God, my saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. God is my savior. He is my hope all day long, all the days of my life. God is my hope and my salvation. This is the reason that I am up here today. This is the reason why millions across the globe celebrated the birth of a kid that happened over 2,000 years ago. This is the reason that many people around the world stand and face persecution, face rejection, face ostracization from their own families. This is the reason that so many people are here today is because God is their salvation and their hope. This is the God of the universe. This is the one who has created everything, who has come down in in Jesus Christ and has dwelt among us. This is the God who was able to figure out everything and how this world works and still invited himself into this space to dwell with us. Not only that, even though we could not be as holy as God is and that created distance and separation in our sin, he still made a way that we can have relationship with him. The God of the universe is my salvation and my hope. This is the God who entered in and lived for 33-odd years of the life doing life with people, knowing what it was to be human in our conformity in this time and space, even though he knew what it was to be God of all creation. He entered into this space and lived with us. The God of my salvation, he is my hope. This is the God that we're talking about. Not only did he live... He also died for us so that in his perfection, in his holiness, in his righteousness, he could give that to us so that we could then have a relationship with God in his holiness. And in exchange, he paid the penalty of sin and death for us. This is the God of my salvation, my hope. Even beyond that, Not only did he die, but then he rose again, conquering sin and death, that he might live, that he might continue to be the hope in our salvation, that he might be our wise counsellor because he knows what it is to be human. He knows what it's like to have all the struggles of our life. And he still stands there and calls out, come to me, I give you rest this is my salvation, this is my hope, this is my God who came down to earth and intersected our time and said, I love you. This is the God of our salvation. This is who we celebrate. This is who we delight in. This is our God and in this, if any of you don't know this relationship with God yet, the invitation is there. Please come see any of us after the service. We would love to share a conversation with you and discuss what it is to be a Christian, what it is like to have a relationship with God. And it is a relationship. It's not a religion in the, tech, in the sense of the perception of the world today. It's not the do this, do that rules. It is a relationship. And in that relationship, we have conversation. I want to know who I'm worshipping. I want to know the one who loves me. I want to engage with the God of my hope and my salvation. So I do ask, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths, because you are the God of the universe. You are the one who set... The seasons. You are the one who put the sea and the earth and separated them. He is the one who knows me intimately better than I know myself. Guide me in your truth. God, tell me, what is your truth? When truth is such a wishy-washy concept these days, what is your truth? Where can I put my feet? Where can I stand? And when I, I meant metaphorically, where do I put my anchor? How do I walk out this world and where do I find this sure footing? Teach me, God, cuz you are my savior, you are my hope. And in this relationship, we believe that God is a God who wants to do this, that wants to talk to us, that wants to invade our space, who wants to do life with us, and who wants to be a part of that. So today I'm going to have a talk of one of the ways that we can possibly facilitate this way of how am I being taught by God? How am I listening to his truth? How am I learning his path? And that way is meditation. Meditation is a funny word. Some of you might have had an internal reaction as soon as I mentioned it and like, oh, that's not a Christian thing. Can I tell you it is, it is deeply a Christian thing. It's different to what we perceive in Eastern meditation. I'll highlight a couple of differences, but I really want to just focus on biblical Christian meditation. So in Eastern meditation, generally, there's an inward looking of self. There's an internal find the divine within you and uh, emptying of your mind and trying to unify with the universe, finding the rhythm of that. So already you can see a couple of big differences. Christian meditation holds the belief that the divine is God. It's not internal with us, in, sorry, in us. It is God with us. So it's not that internal, I am God, I am the answer. It is, he is God, he is the answer, and he is my comfort and my guide. In Eastern meditation, where you're trying to empty your mind, in Christian meditation, we are looking to fill our mind. It is deeply about meditating on something, and that focus is God. Romans 12, too, encourages us to not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is: His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's this reforming our thoughts and our shaping our mind to what the Bible says, to what God says. Who does God say I am? What does God say about this situation? How can God help me in my relationship with my partner? How can God help me in my studies? How can God help me in my work? I am shaping and forming and let God speaking into that place of the mind. I'm filling it with God. And in that, we are building a relationship. We have to remember this is a relationship. We are reflecting on what Jesus has done for us. And we are listening to the Holy Spirit to help us through the days. Like I said, Christian meditation, it has, it's a thing. It has been around for a very long time. For an example, we see in Genesis 24, 63, we read that Isaac went out to the fields one evening to meditate. Joshua 1, 8, God instructs Joshua... So do not let the book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. The Psalms—they are littered with meditation. There is meditation on the law of God, and meditation is even regarded as an important part of worship. In Psalm 19:14, may the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It was an everyday part of life. We have lost this concept. We meditate on the love of God. Uh, Psalm 48, 9 says, Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. We meditate on what God has done in the past to comfort us in times of distress. Psalm 77, 11 to 12 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on your works and consider all your mighty deeds. This is in those situations where you're like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. That's me every week, to be honest. But I know... I know he got me through 2023. I know he got me through 2022. I know he got me through all the years subsequent, and I know that he is faithful, he is loving, he is good, and he is always at work. So I can trust even if I'm floundering a little bit, he is faithful and he is good and he is true. I can reflect on that. I can meditate on that. Meditation. Helps us when others are trying to attack our character or slander us. In Psalm 199, uh, 19, sorry, 119. Uh, actually, we won't do 119. The whole thing—it's massive. It's pretty much everything's a bit of a meditation. I'll leave it for you to read it yourself. It's good, but it's highs and lows all the way through, and it is that struggle of God help. I'll meditate on you. God, I'll meditate on you. It's pretty good. It's pretty real. And while not specifically using the term meditation, Philippians 4.8, we are advised, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The think about is the meditation, the dwelling upon, the reflecting. It is a practice that can help us shape our lives because we are seeking out the voice of God either through scripture and in time. And that can help propel us through the day that we have. So the main aspect of biblical meditation is the focus. It is the focus on God the filling up of the things of God. So in particular, for us, it's the Bible. As we saw in the Psalms, we saw a lot of words like, I meditate on your Lord, God, the deeds of God, the love of God. Today, we have the privilege of having the Bible, the Old and New Testament in our own language, available to us in our pockets in most days and most circumstances. We have access to this This is what we can use as our basis of our meditation if you are not sure what to meditate upon. The scripture is always a good place to start. It is something that we can ponder on, think upon. It is a rich source of food that our soul is craving to eat. Diedrich Bonhoeffer set up a Christian community and during the time there, they would set up many of the practices and one of them was meditation. The whole purpose was set up a rhythm of life so that when they went back into the worlds, they would have these rhythms inherently infused into their normal day-to-day so they could walk with God more acutely. And as part of meditation, Bonhoeffer wrote, in our meditation, we ponder the chosen text on the strength of the promise that it has something utterly personal to say to us. For this day and for our Christian life, that it is not only God's word for the church, but also God's word for us individually. We expose ourselves to the specific word until it it addresses us personally. In meditation, we're not reading scripture for the purpose of exegesis. What I mean is it's not a structural study. It's not an analytical exercise what I'm saying is this is a chance for us to be a little bit creative, that, that we're able to slow down, that we're able to just be still and that we can let our mind explore the vastness of Scripture. How much fun does that sound? I like that one. It is how God can speak to our lives. Bonhoeffer himself would take just a small bit of scripture and take over a week just to read that little bit, exploring all of it, exploring each word and the possibilities that it could be for him, what God was saying to him. If you kind of think about it like eating a plate of food. Now, today, I know most of us, we're sort of half doing six things at the same time as we're eating, and you get indigestion, and it's not fun but you're trying to do your emails, pay your bills, yell at someone, make a couple of text messages while you're hoovering down whatever it is on the plate. That isn't meditation. For us, meditation is sitting down to a meal. It is enjoying that meal. It's savoring each and every component of that meal. It is enjoying the tastes, allowing us to think about the tastes It's allowing it to settle in our stomach and just process it a little bit. It's taking that sip of whatever beverage might be in front of you and thoroughly enjoying it. It's a time of delight, wonder and curiosity. Sometimes you might hit a bit of zucchini. (laughs) In scripture, (laughs) that's my least favourite. I like most foods, zucchini, no but we know it comes from a good God, a God who loves us. And even though we mightn't enjoy that bit of zucchini, we know it'll be good for our souls. And so there's some level of at least appreciation for it. God is a good God who wants us to see us walk through this life with him. Doing life with him. Psalm 63:5 says, "My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods; with singing lips my mouth will praise you." In biblical meditation, we are feeding our souls with the best sustenance it can have: communion with God, sharing time with God. God is the answer to the hunger and the thirst of our souls. So we have a a focus. God is our focus in Christian meditation. And the next elements are time and space. So I mentioned before, this isn't a rush the food down situation. This is a sitting at the table for a meal kind of situation. And to create this, we need to be intentional with the when and the how long. When do we do it and for how long? I am more of a morning person. I am better in the mornings than I am at night. And we'll say it that way. So I find that in the morning is the best time for me. It is, And also, when I have a scripture reading and just let myself mull over that, I find that through the day, I have those little snacks of that morsel. Oh, God is my salvation. How cool is that? Keep going, doing the shopping, whatever it is. Fill up the car. Whatever that might be, I've got those little snack morsels throughout my day to help encourage and uh, remind me that God is with me in my day no matter what it might be doing. If it's washing the floors or doing work, whatever it can be and everything in between. You might be more of a night person. That might be more the time where you're able to sit down and really switch on and go, oh, God, that is cool. Wow, God, that is amazing. And you might have that time then. Whatever it might be, figure out when best time works for you. But not just when it works for you, how long is it going to be? If we set a timer, that helps us create a boundary around that meditation time that we know that we're going to exclude other things from that time. It allows the freedom within that space because... I know I've set apart this time for that." And it just helps us sink into it a little bit more, because we're not as concerned about what I've got to do next, because I know I've created the time and the space for this. For example, um, I don't know where I was, I don't know who I was with, and I don't know what I was there for. I know I'm a great storyteller. (laughs) But it's a really good story still. Um, The group of us, whoever we might have been, and if you were part of this, I am so sorry. Um, There was a presenter for something. (laughs) And they gave us a couple of verses, just a couple of verses, and told us to go away for 45 minutes and sit with the verse. Just with a notepad, the verse go in your own space and just read the verse, meditate on the verse, see what happens. Now, my experience. The first five to 10 minutes, I was being that diligent student. I was trying to get down everything that I thought was cool or pivotal or uh, whatever exegetical idea I had and the situation surrounding that verse and what came before it and what came after it. And I was trying to get that gold star. And when we came back to the group, I was going to have something so insightful to say. And then, which is completely wrong. That's not what you should be doing in meditation, by the way. And then for the next, oh, probably up around the 19-minute mark, I started getting really bored. I, my mind wandered to what we were having for lunch. I'm very food basis. Uh, what we were having for lunch, what I had to do in the next session, what was happening afterwards, was there anything at home that I needed to do? What was I doing this weekend? Oh, I probably should give such and such a call or text and see how they're going. My mind, mo- I was just tapped out. But then around the 25-minute mark, something started to shift and change. There was just a settling. There was a moment where I was like, oh, it took me 25 minutes to get over myself and just be here when you've been waiting for me, God, the whole time. You are here wanting to speak into my life through these verses. And it was a beautiful time that I was able to share with God. And there was some cool stuff in there that it might have even been, I can't even remember what it was. I... But I know it was special because it was with God. I told you, I'm a great storyteller. There was something that happened somewhere and it was awesome. But it was in that moment that I knew that I was with God and that God was with me even after that moment there. And it was a precious time in that. Can I encourage you, let yourself have space, take off all the distractions of time, take, uh, well, when I say that, I mean what's happening afterwards, take off the distraction of trying to get an A plus in this, let go of the task list. I am a list person, so I do understand the need for them. But this is a time of just curiosity, of that childlike wonder of, God, what are we going to do? What are we finding? What's going on here? What does this word mean to me? Oh, wow. And you can just even get through one word. One word. And just, wow, God. It mightn't even be words. It might be pictures. It might be anything that it could be. But it's a time of exploration, a conversation between you and God where you get to feed yourself with the things of God so you can then walk out into the day. We take that step back with God so that we can then take that step forward into our world with God. That's the chance we have in meditation. Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, writes, Meditation opens the door and the sanctuary of the heart. Meditation opens the door. Although we are engaging in specific meditation exercises at specific time, the aim is to bring the living reality into all of life. It is a portable sanctuary that is brought into everything we do. And who we are. Who are we becoming? That's our question. In this, we get to be formed, we get to be taught, we get to learn the path of God, His truth, His ways. It's not for us to be held hidden in a corner, but it's for us to then engage with life. Now, for those who do like a little bit more structure, meditation really is just exploring and getting curious about Scripture. It really is that simple. And it is letting yourself have the time to do that. That's the hard part for us. But for those who do like a bit of structure, there is something called lecto divina. I think I've said that right. And it's just a fancy Latin way of saying divine reading. We're reading God's word. We are reading the divine. And there are four R's involved. They are read, reflect, respond, and rest. So if we go from the top of everything, say meditation might look like this, we are finding a location, somewhere that we're not distracted, something, somewhere where that we're comfortable, but not so comfortable we're going to fall asleep. We are setting a length of time, we're allowing that space to be just me and God, it is that coffee catch up, it is that precious time with a best friend, or in our case, our loving Father who knows us so intimately. What passage are we reading? Now, for this one, it's not big chunks of scripture. We're just biting off little chews at a time, little morsels, and enjoying and savouring that morsel. So not a huge part. There's plenty of apps out there that you can look up. The Bible app itself usually has a verse for the day, even if you take that one from Monday and use that as your verse for the next coming weeks. That's cool to do. Whatever it might be, there are many different techniques to do this, but just try and keep it small. To start, take a couple of deep breaths and pray. Prayer is our communication language with God. We're entering that space for ourselves. God's already there. He's waiting for us to acknowledge that we are in this time and in this space, and we're asking God... Let's get curious about your word. What would you like to show me today? So after that, we read. So let's use the verse we used this morning. Psalm 25, 4 to 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my saviour and my hope is in you all day long. We've actually done meditation on this verse at the very start. That's all it is. It's just reading it over and over again. It might be several times. There might be times where you do it in your head. There might be times where you do it out loud. But have some paper there and write down any words that might pop out to you, that might stand out, that might capture you. Like I said, it might not even be words. It might be a picture. God, Jesus spoke in parables all the time. There might be some, some other way that God speaks to you. But what's getting you curious? What's catching your attention? Let the Holy Spirit speak into your mind and go, hey, how about that word? Check that out. Hey, that's pretty cool. Be curious about it. So what word, phrases, sentence stands out to you? Read it over and over again, not in the pressure of having to do it, but just getting curious about it. That's my big tip. If you haven't caught on yet, just be curious about the scripture. Reflect, what is God possibly saying to me? This might be more of a journaling exercise for you. Oh man, that word really stood out for me. Or I got this cool picture about that. Oh God, let's have a write down or or journal session about what that could be for me. For you, God, are my saviour and my hope is in you all day long. How is it incredible, is it, that God entered our world? How amazing is it that 2,000 plus years we're still celebrating the birth of Jesus'? Oh, wow, God, you are amazing. And he really is. It might get shortened through the day for me. God, you are my savior. Ah, cool. But it's something that I can keep gnawing on through the day. There's no agenda. There's no specific what I have to get out of this. It's just you and God hanging out. Rest is the last one. It's just silent listening. God. I'm opening up the space for you. And then at the end, we pray. And that's it. That's it in a nutshell. That is Christian meditation. It is the focus on God, spending time with him, letting him teach our, him, us his ways and forming us from our innermost being. It is leaning on the God, the maker of the universe, and acknowledging that he is God and enjoying a fellowship with him through not only that moment, but then into our everyday, ordinary lives. It is God with us. It is a moment for us to be able to settle our mind and our heart and bring them back to focusing on Jesus so that when the storm does rage on around us, we are able to keep our eyes focused on him and delight in his ways and his path and have some of that peace that is beyond understanding that the world goes you shouldn't have that peace right now and I'm like yeah I know but there it is because I am with God and I know it is in God and only through God feel free to use that verse from today ask how am I being taught by God do I know the God to be the God of my salvation is God where my hope is And as we have this, we've got a community. Have conversations with each other. Have a chat about it. Share in life together. Like I said, we step back to then step forward again. We engage. We encourage. Be in each other's encouragement in all of these things and check in with each other. Be loving and kind with each other. We are a community of believers and we do believe in an awesome God. He is amazing. As David said, this has been a really hard time and this church is at a place where it is able to help out. If you do have a need and you do have a concern, please let us know. There are avenues we have access to to help out if we can. And we always have prayer. If you need prayer, we would love to pray for you. It's not always easy going through this and please don't try and do it alone. We do have a community around us. But please, I hope that you hear that this reflection is a time to check in with God, the truest, most wonderful relationship you can, and be encouraged that through 2024, whatever it might throw us, that we can walk with him in all things. Let us pray. Thank you so much, God, that you are the God of all salvation, that you are the God who is the creator of the universe, that you have set us free from sin and condemnation, that we might lift our eyes up to you and delight in your glory, that we are able to have joy, peace, hope, patience, kindness, goodness in all that you do as you start to grow us and lead us in your path. God, teach us your ways. Teach us your truth. Lead us on your path. May you be the anchor of our soul, the 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 quenching water to our dry and thirsty, barren soul. Lord God, I pray that you are the one who satisfies us. Help us in our distraction to bring our eyes back onto to focus with you. And I pray that we are able to delight so wonderfully in your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you would like prayer, You can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray you have a great week. Be blessed.